who do you look up to as a leader? Either in sports or outside of sports, your parents, your mentors, or anybody that's giving you direction in your life. As Christian athletes today, leadership must come from the Bible. It must come from how Jesus walked on this earth. And just like everything else in our life, we should try to replicate how Christ lived on this earth. In today's podcast, we're going to have Covenant College Athletic Director Tim Sedgel on just talking about leadership, what he's learned throughout his life, and all the lessons that he's been taught and even given to others while getting his degrees in higher education, sports administration, and working at many different universities like the University of Louisville, Abilene Christian University, Howard Payne University, Messiah University, and of course Covenant College. As he's had a plethora of different leadership roles in his life and in in his career, I think he's going to give a lot of insight and a lot of learning experience to myself and whoever listens to this. He is a great leader, uh, awesome mentor, and just a great person that I've looked up to for guidance for direction and just amazing leadership abilities through Christ. Welcome back to another episode of the Competing for Christ podcast. I'm your host, Ken Burke, and I have a very special guest with me today, Dr. Tim Sedgel, the Athletic Director of Covenant College. How are you doing today, Tim? Great, Ken. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate being here. Of course. I, I'm, I can't thank you enough for being a part of this. Every time I hear you speak, I, I've continuously noticed that a big part of what you preach about is leadership. Uh, so my goal for this episode is for you to just share some of that knowledge that you have about direction, power, authority in sports from the lessons you've learned about leadership and how that can pivot how you see a player, a coach, and even an organization like Covenant. Uh, So I think talking about it can really be helpful to anyone that listens to this. I agree, man. Leadership is a huge part of um, just being effective in what God has called us to do. So um, you're hitting it right on the head. There's no question. Well, I've definitely, I've I've listened to some of the podcasts and talks that you've been a part of. And yeah, uh, that's, that's really a main focus I see that that you do is just talk about how leadership can play such a big role in how you manage uh, an organization or a college athletics department. Yeah, absolutely. I think if we're intentional as leaders um, on the front end, then God can oftentimes use that work on the front end to produce um, some really cool results on the back end. But it, it all um, is really dictated on us thinking through things um, on the front end as he's called us to do. And if we're doing those things faithfully, then oftentimes he honors that. Mm, definitely, definitely. So kind of a first question I have, I've been kind of stalking you on LinkedIn, to be honest, but it's it's really impressive. Uh, you've had jobs with different colleges and universities like University of Louisville, uh, Abilene Christian, and of course, Covenant now. So how did those past experiences help shape who you are today as a leader? 
Yeah, I think at the time when you're going through those things, um, you know, you enjoy them in the moment. You're trying to be faithful to what God has called you to do. Um, but it's it's that rear view mirror that gives you that 2020 vision on how God has used those to string those along. And so um, Covenant, probably 15 or 20 years ago, was was obviously a Christian college, but not a place where we did a really good job integrating our faith into our athletic department. So we would have Christians that would coach, but it would be Christians that would also um, coach the same way and use the same words and all those kind of things that you see on ESPN. So there's there's no real difference in that. And so my time at Wheaton really gave me a cool picture of what it was like to be a Christian that integrated their faith into sport. And obviously Covenant's a different institution than Wheaton, um, but it was a picture of, okay, this can happen in the small college level and it can be really instrumental in the lives of student athletes. And so um, at the time I thought, okay, I would love an opportunity to go back to Covenant and um, try to do something like that. So the dream has always been to be the AD at my alma mater. Um, and that's what I'm doing right now, which um, I got at age 32. And so it was a little sooner than I had expected to uh, slide into that role, but I'm really thankful for it. And then you mentioned a couple others, you know, I got distracted for a few years there and um, thought maybe I wanted to be a D1 AD and uh, pursued that for, for a little while. Um, but ultimately, God is calling me to be an administrator in a Christian context. And that's really the fit for me. So um, I'm thrilled to be at a place like Covenant that just allows me to live out that calling and my job requires me to do um, the things that I want to do. So it's not um, too much work when it's um, something that's a clear direction for my life. Mm. How, how did you, how did you know and understand that God wanted you to be at a Christian university and not, or a Christian college rather, rather than a D1 or other university? Yeah, that's a really good question because I think, you know, um, even in our sport management program, right? We have different people that are called different places. And, and I think um, some places, some people are called to be um, at the professional level or the D1 level. And God calls us to be salt and light in whatever context we find ourselves, right? And so it's not that we can only do his work in a Christian context. Um, for me, it's where I felt the most comfortable. And when I was at Louisville, I didn't like the emphasis that um, just came along with that. That was kind of a win at all cost mentality, uh, make as much money as possible mentality. And, and a few years after I left Louisville, obviously that all kind of came crashing down on them and still rebuilding from that to some degree. Um, and there's some phenomenal people there, but for that just wasn't a fit for me. And, and the Louisville case is probably a little extreme, but there's still tenants of that. I, I would say across division one, especially at the power five level, and so for me to be a believer in that context um, was a challenge, especially when we see athletics conducted in a way that I didn't think um, was really leading to spiritual development. And it's not impossible, but man, it's just a lot harder. Mm -hmm. And so I looked at the Christian college environment as something um, that it was just a lot easier to integrate your faith in, um, just honestly an area that I was more comfortable in and um, just aligned with my own personal and spiritual values better. And so, well, the goal was to be a covenant. Obviously there's been other Christian colleges I've spent time at and, and applied to and those kind of things. Um, and covenant was the, the top of that pyramid for me. So I'm thrilled that I've been able to be here. Hmm. I knew for me coming to being in the recruiting process with baseball and stuff like that, I, I didn't know whether I wanted to go to a Christian college or I wanted to do the, you know, 
modern college thing that it is today. You know what I mean? The partying and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I really felt God tugging at my heart. And he was like, you need to go to a Christian college because to be honest, I was scared to go to a regular college and just like be a part of that scene because I, I didn't, you know, I didn't want to be a part of that. I grew up at a public school and it was really hard to live out my faith in that context. So going to covenant, I felt like I could, I could live out that context in a, a Christ-like way and try to try to be a leader through Christ, not through my actions, my own self. You know what I mean? I love that. That's a lot of maturity for a, a 17 year old <laughs> guy um, to be thinking through those kind of things. When I was that age, I um, was not as strong in my faith. And so <laughs> I um, looked at covenant as a place that was, um, I was just a, a young guy that was going to be influenced by the people around me. And so I looked at covenant as a place that would be helpful in preventing, um, distractions and not that there's not Senate covenant and not that mm -hmm. it's a perfect place, but it's a really good spot. And so I thought going to university of Illinois, um, would just take me down a path that, that I didn't want to go or, or, or a place like that and covenant you know, provided at least, um, some, uh, some structure and safeguards for me. So God yeah. used both of them in our lives in different ways, which is awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I knew for me, uh, I'm from Florida originally, so I wanted to go almost as far away as possible as I could from, from there just to get out of that scene. And I don't know if it was like that for you, but it really was like a kind of a fresh start, really, because it was just so far away from home. And now you have your sole focus on meeting new people, learning from others about Christ, about what life is, what they go through and stuff, and just connecting with people like that. Absolutely. And I think getting away from home was a huge thing for me just to mature in my faith. And um, I grew up in an environment that was um, not a positive one. And so I think escaping that as well was um, a really helpful thing for me too. And at the time, you know, I wouldn't have been able to verbalize all these things. Um, but looking back and obviously having years to process them, it's clear God's hand in the way he directed me here. And so um, it's just should be an encouragement to us moving forward, especially when we can look back and see God's hand in our life and and how he's been faithful. Um, you know, there are things that we're facing right now that are stressful or give us anxiety or make us question things. Um, but we can, okay, God's been faithful this far. He's going to continue to be faithful to us. Um, it's just a, something that's been particularly meaningful to me in the last few weeks. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, going, going towards uh, our conversation today with leadership, where did you get that sense of leadership? And was it mentors or was it from anyone and anything that you've learned through your life? Yeah, this is one of my favorite questions to ask uh, people that we're interviewing. Um, so it's a great one for a podcast as well. So when I worked at Wheaton, I worked for Tony Ladd. So I was right out of college. Um, Tony Ladd had been the AD at Wheaton for 30 years. And so I'd overseen um, a pretty dramatic transformation in terms of their competitiveness, their facilities, their faith integration. And so... I don't have a relationship with my dad. And so having someone like Tony, um, he just came alongside me, invested in me. Um, every day he didn't have something to do. He would take me to lunch and just let me ask him all my questions because I wanted to be a college AD. And so really soaked up that time. And um, I tell people I learned a ton in my master's degree, but I actually learned more working for Tony at Wheaton because he poured into me in such an intentional way. He's retired now, but he's actually someone I still talk to pretty regularly. I'm bringing him down um, in about a month to talk to our coaches. So 
Tony Ladd um, was a real driver in that. So he would do things like um, he was always the first person to work and I would get there, you know, 8 a.m. And he'd already been there at least an hour. And he did that intentionally because he would go and pray in front of each person's door that day. And so he would say, man, that makes a difference um, in the way the athletic department works. And then in his orientation towards people in that, if you're in a meeting and it's intense and we're not just, we are disagreeing, but he's just spent time in the morning praying in front of the door for them, um, just allowed him to lead from a, a more effective place, from a calmer demeanor to really work through things and, and shepherd that department well. And so there are a number of things like that um, that made Tony a phenomenal leader and has just been really helpful to me. So that was probably the most impactful person. And then when I was at Covenant, I got connected with Frank Hitchings, who's a pastor at Lookout Perez, who's um, been really influential in my life too, um, especially from a spiritual development standpoint. Um, so the combination of those two, and then I'd say finally when I got married, um, my wife's dad is just an incredible man of faith. And so when I look at my life again, not having a relationship with my own dad, but God providing these three men, um, just being regular influences in my life, um, he still provided uh, a way for me to, to learn how to be a man and learn how to be an effective leader and learn how to do those things um, that maybe I didn't have on the front end growing up. Yeah, that's awesome. That is amazing to hear. I know for a lot of people today, they think about having a mentor as your mom or your dad, but when those figures are absent, you have to find somewhere else to go to. And that's obviously what you did. But yeah, um, I've heard you talk a lot about different types of leadership, uh, servant, transformational, transactional even. Um, so what do you consider the best type of leadership when you're looking for, say, a new coach or a new employee? Yeah, I think that's a good thing to consider. And I think each person has their own leadership style that's probably the most comfortable to them. And that's fine. I also think, though, that we need to be able to use the leadership style that the situation necessitates. Mm -hmm. So um, if um, your house is on fire right now, Ken, I'm going to be very <laughs> transactional with you, right? I'm going to say, get out of your house. Um, and it's probably going to be even a little bit more intense than that. Um, I'm not going to come alongside you and put my arm around you and say, hey, man, I love you. Um, Hope you value our relationship hey, right now you're facing some tough stuff um maybe it'd be a good idea to exit through the front door like we don't have the time to have that conversation right right so i think in the context of competition transactional leadership can be appropriate but isn't always appropriate i think overall what we're looking for especially here at covenant is that transformational approach um because we we believe that our faith um is a great opportunity to transform transform the whole person, not just as an athlete, um, but from a holistic perspective, that holistic development piece. So from a transformational side, um, look at a lot of the life of Jesus and what did he do? He came alongside people, invested in them, um, spent time with them, ate dinner with them, maybe even people that um, he was criticized for spending time with, right? Um, and in the context of that relationship, he made it clear, I care for you, but I want you to become more like me and let me bring you along that path. And so we look at sport as a great opportunity to do that. In some context, Jesus would um, serve as well. Right? When we look at his, his relationship with the disciples, he washed their feet, made himself the least among them. So I think there's an appropriate time for all of those things. 
I think the overarching theme, um, we're really looking for transformational leaders who are going to use that um, discipleship driven approach in the context of sport. But the transactional side of things is fine. Um, if someone's not boxing out somebody and it's a crucial point in the play or in the game, um, you're going to hear Neil Young yell at someone, hey, you need to box out. It's not going to mm -hmm. be this loving conversation in the moment, but he's invested hopefully so much in that particular student athlete leading up to that. That person's going to receive that really well. This coach loves me. He cares for me. He wants what's best for me and the team. So he's uh, being critical of me right now because I'm not doing the job that I'm supposed to do and I need to do it for the greater good is hopefully all the things that's running through the back of the mind. So the next rebound comes up, I'm going to box out. We're going to get it and we're going to secure the win and move on. So it's not a direct approach, but um, it's really a, a more of a situational analysis. Yeah, I knew, I knew for me, uh, I guess I would define my leadership style as more of a servant leadership style because I went to replicate what Christ did in his time here. And I feel like leading in, in that way is not, it's about others. It's not about yourself. And whether you are an employee on a team or either an athlete on a team, you are, you're called to serve. And I think, I feel like that's the best way to win. Uh, but like you were saying, transformational, that's what you want to do at Covenant because you want to transform every everybody that steps in that building. You, they want to be transformed into the new light that they're they're promised with God. Amen to that. Reflecting off that, when you look at today's leaders, whether in sports or just in life, like politicians, celebrities, what's one quality that you see them having, good or bad? I think everyone um, wants to do the right thing. And I think um, they have different definitions of what the right thing is. So it might be the right thing for a particular constituency, like I'm the governor of Florida and I want to do what's right for the state of Florida, or I'm a celebrity and um, the right thing is what affects me the most particularly. But I don't think um, people necessarily, um, at least in their mind, sit out and say, I want to make a mistake or I want to lead poorly or I want a negative outcome. So it's great to have the desire to want to produce good results and do good work. But if we're not doing, like we talked about at the beginning of this, the work on the front end that leads to good results coming out, um, then we're doomed from the start. And so this kind of stuff that you're doing, thinking through leadership, analyzing yourself, knowing what your strengths are, where you're comfortable at, what God's calling you to, growing in your faith, all of those things will undergird your leadership potential um, at a much higher level than maybe even someone that has a bigger platform or stage than you do. Mm, yeah. When I thought about that question, the best leaders I could think of had two things, humility and empathy. They wanted, they wanted everybody else, else to succeed around them, but they mm -hmm. also knew that when something strikes, when tragedy or hardship strikes, they're going to get in the hole with you. They're not going to have pity on you and say, Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. You're in the hole. They're going to get in the hole and try to dig out of there with you. And that's just, it's an encouragement for me just to know that there's leaders like that at covenant and there's leaders like that all around the world. Yeah. It's a really encouraging thing, man. Especially when you realize that the kingdom's bigger than, than just covenant or just the church we go to. Mm -hmm. And we see how God's equipping believers across our country. And um, despite what's going on. And um, I agree. That's, 
been a really encouraging thing to me this summer too. That's awesome. So kind of on a somber note now, uh, when the coronavirus hit, I know you've, we've been talking about the past year, everybody, it seems just has had everything that was going right, just went wrong. Um, I know it was devastating for a lot of athletes, obviously, because, you know, their season in the spring got cut short. Um, but as the AD of Covenant, how how did you have to handle that situation? Because it was so, I'm sure it was so tragic for everybody involved, uh, especially the seniors. Were you forced to like make decisions that you've never had to make as an AD? Yeah, I learned a lot more about um, different kinds of tests and different kinds of health practices and um, all sorts of medical terminology that I never dreamed that I would have to know. I, I joke with my other AD buddies and we never had a class on how to handle a pandemic in grad school. Um, <laughs> so we were really figuring out as we were going. Um, and so I would say um, there are some things I'm thankful in the midst of that, though. Um, I'm thankful for our conference. Our conference is one of the only ones that held championships in every sport um, across the country. And so we were in the minority of that. And so I was thankful for everyone's commitment to wanting to play. Um, 13 of our 14 teams had winning records, um, even those that played in condensed seasons. And so it just showed the testament of student athletes. Um, they're still grinding through the whole fall, even when their, their season looks a little different. But I agree with you that it was tragic. Um, it was this time last year where I was heading into the fall and thinking, oh, we're going to play. We're in a good spot. The pandemic is behind us. Then those numbers kept spiking. And the NCAA came out with um, a, a few surprising things in terms of canceling national championships and particular sports and things like that. So um, then that becomes a little bit of panic mode. And so I think you know, in the context of leadership, as we're talking about leaders, and there's no one person that always has the right answer. And so having other people in your life that can speak into your life, that you can learn from, grow from, um, that are going to come alongside you make a big difference. And so what I try to do during the pandemic is get to know a lot of other Christian college ADs. And we, we do things a little differently everywhere. And then building on um, the other relationships that I had. And so in the pandemic, there are two people that really uh, just emerge as leaders, especially in Division Three. And so the AD at Northwestern in St. Paul, Minnesota, then the AD at George Fox out in Oregon um, are two of my good buddies. And they were really, really helpful. And so Northwestern uh, played a lot. They're the ones that figured out the rapid test really early. And so we ended up buying the same machine as them. And so that allowed us, each basketball team played 25 games, which is the max you can play. We were one of the only schools in the country to do that. And then George Fox had some phenomenal ideas as well that I stole. They just couldn't implement their ideas um, because the state of Oregon took a pretty strong stance um, in terms of college competition. So for a while, there was actually illegal to play basketball inside in the state of Oregon as we were hosting games. And so um, I stole a lot of their ideas they weren't able to implement. And so it made Covenant look a little bit better. But I was uh, standing on the shoulders of, of those two giants of mm -hmm. how they were able to rally their athletic departments together and make it possible for their student athletes to play. So really thankful for them. I knew for, for me or in, in my teammates that got their season cut short last year, they were devastated obviously, but it was awesome to see, you know, five or six of them come back this year and just have that extra year just to, you know, do something, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And, you know, never, since since it's something that we just we're we're figuring out on the fly and so never nothing ever goes 
the way you exactly want it to. And so, you know, when I look back at that, I think there's some things that are in place that um, were tough, like masks in baseball or um, women's men's basketball had to wear them in game. And, and some of those things like that, that looking back, um, you know, we might scratch our head at a little bit, but it's the conference rule. And so we're just trying to navigate it the best that we can, even if we're interpreting things differently. And what I learned is um, I really need to over communicate in situations like that. And so um, you know, a lot of days you're flying by the seat of your pants. Okay, we're going to do this. We're going to host this game. We have this policy in place. This is what's going to happen. Um, but I needed to do a better job communicating big picture with our coaches and student athletes. I love you. I'm here for you. This is why we're doing what we're doing. And I think there were times when I re rested too much on, okay, I feel like we're in a good spot. And as athletic department, I feel like we've tried to care well for the people that are here. So I, people should trust me. Here's all the decisions we're going to make. In, in a way that we've never made them before. And I should have just communicated more often um, and more frequently through that. So there's a little less questions of, man, this, this doesn't quite make sense. I love that we're playing, but why are we doing X, Y, and Z? Um, so hopefully we never go through another pandemic ever again in my career. But if we do, um, there's a couple notes like that of things that I think I'd tweak um, if we had to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know it was hard uh, for every athlete to you know like you said wear a mask while they're playing but like i kept reiterating and so many people on my team kept reiterating if this is what we have to do to play we have to do it like we there's no other option even though it's not it's not coach simons it's not tim it's not our usa south conference it's everybody in this world like everybody's been affected by it and if we want to play baseball if we want to play basketball we have to do these things just to be able to play the games that we love yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't make them any more fun, but it, it, at mm -hmm. least maybe it, it provides a little understanding of, okay, we're going to have to um, lay this aside, just adapt in order for us all to be able to move forward. Um, but it doesn't make it any less tough, right? Right. So a couple of last questions just as we start to wrap up. How do you continue to grow as a leader? Yeah, it's a great question. I think um, leaders are readers, and so it's important that leaders um, – continue to read and learn. And so I would say um, two things that made a big difference for me is just reading um, books about leadership, books about, uh, I'm reading through mental toughness right now. Um, we're bringing a sports psychologist in to talk um, to our athletic department. Um, when Tony Ladd from Wheaton comes here in about a month. And um, like if you look at our athletic department, we do phenomenally well in the regular season. And then we just have some trouble in the conference tournaments. And so teams will make the conference championship game and um, losing overtime or penalty kicks or, or whatever that is. And so we face that this year and it's been um, somewhat of a consistent theme. So how do we break through that is the next step for our athletic department from a competitive standpoint. But then I also think um, learning from people who have done it really well. And so um, there are probably 15 or 18 other ADs, most of them are at Christian colleges that I really value that um, I try to just connect with regularly and, hey, what are you doing on your campus? Um, how can I pray for you? Tell me, um, how'd you hire this person? Or um, what's your SAC doing from a faith development standpoint? So just trying to learn from them on how we can navigate things better at Covenant so that I can lead better at Covenant. And it's just been a really encouraging thing 
for me um, to see their love for Christ. And then also, um, like, you know, I saw those ideas from George Fox and Northwestern. And so um, are there other things like that that would just be helpful on our campus? And so the, that's been my main approach. Um, spend a little bit more time in the summer, obviously, on those kind of things than I do during the school year. And I'd say the last thing that's been really fun for me is during the pandemic, um, when it first started, I started a, uh, a Zoom group, and I invited the 20 ADs that I knew and liked, um, and that's grown to something even bigger than that. And so we were meeting bi-weekly um, when the coronavirus started, and then when we all started playing games, we've, we've moved that down to quarterly. But that's such an encouraging time um, to be with other people that love Jesus and they're trying to integrate faith on their campuses. And it's been really helpful for our assistant coaches that want to get head jobs um, because now they know Covenant and those other ADs. And, and I know XYZ schools, ADs. And so, hey, I might have a great person for you. Let's help this person's career. I think they can do awesome things in your campus. Same thing for GAs. And we've seen examples of that in, in women's basketball recently and in other sports prior to that. So, um, this has been a, a really encouraging thing for me and um, helpful in my own growth. Hmm. I think I've heard that quote, leaders are readers. And I love reading now because it's just so much knowledge that I've never had before. But yeah, I, I've been reading Tim Tebow, Tony Dungy, Daryl Strawberry, and I've talked about it on this podcast. But I really encourage anybody that listens to this and anybody that I talk to to just read because – Getting getting another perspective of somebody from a completely different background and a completely different world is so much more beneficial than any anything you can see on social media. But yeah, like you said, connecting with people and just growing your knowledge uh, and love for God will help you so much more in the long run as being a leader than anything else in this world. Amen to that. So any final advice you could give to, to me or the listeners? I just think take advantage of the opportunities that you have. So, um, you know, in the, the Gospels, it talks about he who is faithful with little will also be faithful with much. And that's the same way that um, people are assessed a lot of times in a professional environment. And so if you're pursuing excellence in the role that you're in as a student, um, as a leader in whatever context God has placed you in a, as a graduate assistant, as a young assistant coach, whatever that looks like, um, people oftentimes get worried about, I want to make my platform bigger. Or I want to really pursue this next job, but take care of the things that God has given you stewardship of right now in your life and be faithful in those things. And as you do that, people will recognize that and other opportunities will come as a result. And, but I think sometimes people miss the part of, I really need to steward what God has given me really well right now. Um, Cause they get distracted looking down five, 10, 15 years of where they want to be. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's really encouraging because I know so many kids today are focused on who they're going to commit to in college, what job they're going to have in two years, three years, and they just forget to stop and take a minute and appreciate the people they have in their life and the situation that they're in because God placed you in that, in that place for a reason, and he's going to use you everywhere you go. And it's just great to hear somebody, somebody else repeat that fact. Absolutely, man. Sometimes we need to hear the same thing. I know I do repetitively um, before I can uh, get it through my thick skull sometimes. And so 
the more I hear it, the more that I'm like, oh yeah, that actually is true. Um, that is what we're called to do. That is how God's working. And so it can be encouraging. Hmm. Well, thank you so much for just being, being a part of this and just coming on and just sharing your thoughts and wisdom. Absolutely. This has been a lot of fun. Love that you're doing this. Um, I think it's a needed thing. So um, thanks for taking some time out of your summer to make it happen. And I'm thankful for you and the work you do, um, not only with this podcast, but also in our athletic department too. It's really valuable. Um, and I just have a deep appreciation for you. Awesome. Thank you, Sam. Thanks for coming on. It was such a pleasure to have Tim on today to just share the lessons that he's learned and the wisdom that he's been taught over the years. I know for me, he's had such a great influence on my life uh, through my college years, and I really just hope that he continues to work at Covenant in such a way that is so Christ-like and honors God in everything that he does. I just want to close this week as I do every week. I hope that Everyone got something out of this, and if not, just know that God loves you, and He's going to fight for you no matter what. See y'all later.